Well, welcome back everyone to another exciting episode of the Dirty Twenties podcast. My name is Marcus Dusik, and with me, as always, we have four ritzy and red-hot role players. Ain't none of them a rube. Please, introduce yourselves, adventurers. Hi! I'm Richard. I'm playing Andrew. Oh, here we go. I'm Brennan. I am playing Rex. Excellent. Thank you. Every week. Yeah. I'm not going to be a part of this bullshit. I'm not going to do it. In my defense, this time I was eating. That was my (laughs) Hi, I'm Elliot, and I'm going to be playing Lizette as per the usual. Uh, Excellent. (laughs) Hello, I'm Craig, and I'm going to be playing Salem. Excellent. Thank you very much, everybody. So, last we left off, our party had found themselves still at the farm of Farmer McGonagall and his family in the midst of a powerful storm, being confronted by a voice on the wind asking them who they were. Very quickly, though, this voice revealed itself to be a projected image of Ivizal the Uncanny himself, though apparently slightly more than just an illusion. Because, as you discussed what to do, Ivizal cast a spell upon your companion Lonlin, and then sent them away into a pocket dimension before assuming Lonlin's appearance. He then disappeared with the instruction to find him at the Black Tower. You left Farmer McGonagall's farm after a new companion joined the team, a dragonborn with a penchant for arcana mechanical technologies and also order. Uh, A little bit of tension amongst the group, especially considering the uh, pet slab that the group has, but you continued flying through the air, and as you were flying into the night of that night, just as you were cresting kind of the border into the desert, you saw a black dragon descending upon your... towards your ship. You quickly responded to defend your airship. Uh, Andrew grabbing Rex, dimension dooring onto the back of the dragon, who kind of freaked out, didn't like this, uh, tried flipping over to knock you guys off, and as he descended to try to actually fall and have you fall off, a very cool casting of Featherfall prevented his awesome maneuver from actually coming to fruition, and you were very quickly and easily, even though it stayed mostly at range for several of you, able to dispatch this adult black dragon. And it began plummeting to the to the sky, or to the sky. It began plummeting to the ground out of the sky with three of you still on its back after a incredible flying motorcycle trick uh, on the part of Salem. And that is where we pick up now. The dragon is currently still falling only at 60 feet per round. Uh, The airship is about 120 feet away. And Andrew, Rex, and Salem are all currently falling. Everybody who who was on the back of the dragon, can you just give me an acrobatics check or an athletics check to hold on to the dragon if you would like to? Or you can do something else, whatever you would like to do. How far from the ground are we currently? Um, Can you please roll me uh, 2d10? 
Mm-hmm. I've got um, a, a 10 and a 6. Ooh, you are 1,060 feet above the ground. Oh, that's a ways. Yeah, you got, you okay. got a while. Okay. Um, just because this might affect everyone, mm-hmm. uh, I got a 14 on my athletics, but my modifier is a 13. So that's a natural one. I don't know if that's going to mess anyone else up. I rolled you one better. I rolled a two for a total of ten. <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, Salem, are you holding on or what you thinking? Um, I was going to try. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I also only got a 14, however. Wow. <laughs> Oof. Okay. Well, that style rolls, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we're just warming up. We're just getting started. <laughs> so we're falling slowly, so not at a dramatic pace. But at the same time, Rex has never fallen or even <laughs> like from this height before. So he's just a little uh, perturbed, more or less. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Why? Ah, that motorcycle. That was amazing. Oh, my gosh. We're falling. That was amazing. Oh, we're falling. Okay. Uh, with- this is fine. This is fine. <laughs> I think as you kind of realize that you're falling, you uh, you try to grab part of the dragon uh, and your fingers just kind of slide on scales. And I think there's just a little bit of sweaty palm aspect, even though you should have, you know, scale on scale like grip. There's just something and you can't quite get a grip. Uh, Andrew, you uh, have like just slashed through the wing. And as this dragon begins falling down, uh, you have a choice with a natural one. Um, having just slashed through the wing, you could drop your sword in order to get a better chance to hold on because it is a 14, you could hold on, or you could begin falling beside the dragon. Uh, I'll fall beside the dragon. I'm All feeling right. pretty confident. All right. Uh, but how far is the um, the ship compared to where I am? The ship is at least 120 feet away. Um, oh, that's it, cool. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Lisette, you are left on the ship. You see your companions falling through the air on the, well, or near the back of this dragon that is crashing down to the ground. What would you like to do? Just fly on, leave them to go? What do you think? <laughs> what if I just left everyone in the dust? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Later, bitches. We're going to. We're getting on the dragon. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, I don't have a lot of health spells. But can I use summon aberration to summon a beholder kin to go get them? Oh my god. <laughs> oh, uh, you can absolutely do that. Um, <laughs> um, those are the ones that are friendly to me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so are you are you summoning, summoning Gloria? Um, no, Gloria was a little bit iffy in the morals department. I feel like <laughs> I'm going to look for, for just a different one. <laughs> excellent uh can you describe your beholderkin that appears uh beside you or where however close it appears okay so oh i muted myself sorry i think because of what happened with lizette last time she was in the archive she has a, like a tighter bond to it so the summoning is a little bit grosser which is saying something oh. um <laughs> so sort of like from her chest it like emerges and it's just it's sort of like a mini beholder except for it looks like 
if you made a beholder in an easy bake oven so it's sort of <laughs> wrong it's got like four oh, eyes God. instead of one all of its eye stalks are super gangly and kind of skinny it's for some reason like white <laughs> it's like a pale milky white um with like like little splotches of red almost like diseased <laughs> the eye stalks don't have eyes at the end of them they look like little um like venus flytrap hands <laughs> they're made of meat yeah <laughs> what the hell <laughs> hey you're falling yeah hey what's... you rolled a one you have to tickle the help you can get uh, i mean fair uh, hey, what where am i i don't this is new and my is is the air supposed to feel this gross oh yes you'll get used to that eventually oh. um hi hi i'm lizette hi nice to meet you and I nice to meet you help okay yeah um i'm like pretty good at crosswords is that what you need help with um no i oh. need you to go grab those three humanoids oh, and that eat are them? falling up in the sky. I'll go eat them. I need you to bring them back. So, oh, you going to eat them? Alive. Oh, okay. So can I, you said alive, but can I like nibble them a little bit when I grab them? No, but if you bring them back unharmed, I will give you something to nibble on. Does oh. that sound like a deal? Yeah, I mean, whatever. That's fine. Um, if If you've got like I don't know, like something cheesy and gooey, but also kind of raw meat and old and rancid. That would be preferred. Okay, I'm going to go get those things. Okay, thank you. Okay, you're pretty. And then it flies away to go towards... Lizette your... blushes. <laughs> your fallen companions. Uh, how fast can this thing move on a turn? Um, let's see here. It has a, a fly speed of 30 feet. 30 feet. Okay. So it can get like half, it can get half the way there in one turn. Um, so everybody who's on the body of this dragon, you see whizzing towards you this weird, pale, milky white beholder with four eyes and Venus flytrap arms. Uh, as it's moving, all of the arms, like the little appendages, they just kind of fall limp to its side uh, as if they're like i don't know just lank greasy hair uh, and then just kind of stream up behind it and it's just coming towards you with almost like no expression on its face what would you guys oh. like to do oh gods what kind of fresh hell is this what's <laughs> in this desert and he um falling forward is going to look at this horrid abomination coming to him and is going to cast a firebolt at it <laughs> <laughs> hold on a second wait wait no i think that's one of our friends I it's really look. weird but it looks a little like gloria i have a 17 to hit lizette does that hit um one second it doesn't actually oh amazing <laughs> you streak this fireball towards this thing um he like just nimbly or not nimbly just kind of like lazily dodges to the side um you watch as the fireball is actually going past one of the like venus flytrap hands just kind of snaps at the trail of it uh and it's like oh no i'm i'm already baked man it's all good I'm all good <laughs> And just kind of keeps flying towards you. But then you hear uh, Andrew say that this might be one of your friends. What would you like to do? 
or Salem, what would you like to do? Jeez. Oh, All right. We, if we're going to not fall, we need to, we need to get to that thing. Everybody get its attention. That, that thing is one of yours as well? Goodness, not what company mine, do you keep? Lizette keeps strange company, but look, hey, help, help, here! Yeah, I'm shouting I'm, and waving my arms for the critter. I'm coming, man, I'm coming as fast as I can. This, uh, do like, we need to ascend, perhaps? Mm, I can get you. You're, you're falling slow, man. Oh, all right. But, yeah. Everybody all aboard the blob train. Can you actually hold all of us? Nope. Like, I'm wearing kind of heavy armor. Yeah, no, it's probably one at a time. Yeah. Oh, I, I, we fall at 60 feet per second, or per round, and you also fly at 60 feet per round. Kind of. Oh, Looking yeah. at uh, the group, um, in terms of who it looks like this creature can actually carry, who's maybe the slightest among us? Probably. Uh, Salem, for Salem? sure. Oh, yeah. That's probably me. Okay. You know what? Uh, I, actually... I, I've got an idea. Yes. You got an idea? All right. Okay. All right. I'm going to uh, twin cast levitate on both myself and Cricket. Okay. Amazing. Uh, Yeah. This blob uh, comes over to you, looks at all of you, kind of looks at Salem. I guess it's you first, maybe. And the way this levitate actually manifests is what uh, Rex actually, he flicks his hand and you see a small sort of like brassy golden orb falls uh, and lands at like sort of at your ankle. And all of a sudden this small mechanism just like apparates around your ankle, uh, Andrew. <laughs> and there's a small sort of like floating like hover boots on your feet now. Oh, that's excellent. Yo! As well as Rex's. <laughs> these are so cool. I imagine how high, how high can I jump with these things on? <laughs> um... But you could get perhaps uh, 20 feet in six seconds upwards. <laughs> Is I mean, that acceptable? Normally I can jump a lot higher. I, I, I wonder what, would, uh, what I would, it would be like in conjunction, though. And I suppose at this point, then, Salem and the dragon have continued to fall down unless he's been grabbed by this uh, yeah. creature. Salem would absolutely, like, this creature could absolutely grab Salem. Up on board the blob train, man. Yes, please. Salem reaches right. their arms up and uh, going to just reach for the Beholderkin. Cool, 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 cool. Uh, the Beholderkin uh, uses some of its like appendages with the little Venus flytrap hands uh, to just kind of grab different parts of your clothing. Uh, and it kind of like it's reaching around. So the Beholder's head or like body is kind of directly above your head and just grabbing from like your uh, your shoulders of your whatever clothing you're wearing. All right, let's go. Is it go. sad that this Beholderkin has a higher strength modifier than I do? It's <laughs> <laughs> really not surprising. <laughs> Amazing. So with that, uh, easily no problem. You're able to get back to the ship. The dragon continues kind of drifting down towards the ground, um, but you are back aboard your ship. Uh, the Beholderkin drops you off and then kind of looks over at Lisette. So... Cheesy, gooey, rancid meat. Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, one second, let me get it. And then she like turns around and then does like a 360 and then vanishes. 
<laughs> and it pops out of existence. Uh, and uh, yeah, you are back on your ship. What would you guys like to do? It is oh. still nighttime. Thank you for that. I did not want to touch that thing in the slightest. Ugh. What was that? Who? You said that that was yours? Um, yes, in a way. It's, nothing's really mine, you know, everything has its own agency to a certain <laughs> extent. It's just that it was a friend. Oh, another one of your friends. Is the bosun on deck? Uh, the bosun is definitely on deck. Uh, uh, he says friends and just looks over at the bosun back to the space where this beholderkin was. Oh, I see. Unfortunately, okay. we can't banish the bosun. Hmm. Yes, I'm stuck. You're stuck with me. I'm a gift. You get to hang out with me and I get to hang out with you and I get to learn to be good and orderly. <laughs> You would think a comment like that would maybe reassure Rex, but it just uh, his his this blank sort of stare he's got almost gets wider. <laughs> he sort of just he's just yards. kind of he's just kind of yeah staring into nothing, just like a couple. You can almost hear some like gears whirring in his head very slowly. <laughs> Excellent. Well, uh, yeah, that's a uh, kind of terrifying. Um, I, I quick question. I, I activated my um, uh, uh, immovable rod back there. Is it still like floating or did oh, we get it with uh, the you help could of easily, uh... You could grab that for sure. Okay, perfect. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. I forgot. That's how you killed it. Right. I definitely forgot. Death by hangnail. Death <laughs> by <laughs> Oh, God. Yeah, that was uh, delicious. Yeah. All right. Um, so it is nighttime. Do you guys want to continue flying on? Do you want to go like scour the body of the dragon? Do you want to uh, you know, find somewhere to rest? Like I was actually gonna say, could we like try and like send like a a message to that old like farmhand couple? Like, imagine if they harvested a dragon, how rich they'd probably be. Uh, yeah, I mean, Andrew, you absolutely could, but can you just make me an intelligence check? Uh, <laughs> I could try. <laughs> <laughs> That's an eleven. An eleven. Um, it was like a full day's flight. From oh, never Salem so. also um, raises the option. You know, it might make them the target of some less than scrupulous individuals. Um, you're right, but we just give them a fair amount of coin. If we give them a dragon as well, they're just farmers. Someone's going to come knocking. Well, my experience with dragons themselves is limited in that I haven't actually faced one before like that. That was amazing, by the way. Oh, did anyone else just have like the best time there? Wow. Oh, super jazzed. Anyways, uh, I don't know what sort of time frame we're at getting to this dark black tower or whatever it is you mentioned, but uh, if there's anything useful we could scour from that dragon's corpse, though I don't know we have any means of carrying it, of course. Do we have a bag of holding? I actually don't remember. I don't think I do. I definitely don't. I have the archives. <laughs> I'm not putting a dragon in the archives. Oh yeah. uh, yes, dragon it's body not. in the archives. What could go wrong? It's not happening. It's not happening. <laughs> I don't care. Now. I don't. I don't. Nope. I think 
Lonlin had a bag of holding, but uh, Lonlin's not with you anymore. Oof. Did, did now, didn't Pierre have a bag of holding? Oh, Pierre did. Right. Pierre That's what we get does. for having someone who's caught up on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, I know things now. I know all of you secrets. Hooray. We don't have to remember them. <laughs> it's all fairly fresh in my mind, probably fresher than a lot of yours, honestly, because it's oh, been the past God. two weeks has been hearing all of your adventures. So. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Pierre definitely has a bag of holding. I mean, you definitely can't stuff an entire dragon and I, you couldn't even get a dragon's head in, but you could maybe get some parts. Do we have time for a quick uh, dragon uh, harvesting pitch stop? I mean, we don't even technically need the dock. If we get like 500 feet onto the ground, I could take someone with me and then uh, uh, just d uh, dimension door back up. The question is, uh, right. who, who among us has the most adept at perhaps scouring uh, the most useful parts? It's me. It's me. It's definitely me. Look at my claws. <laughs> I feel like you just try and eat it. Yes, that's the useful part. Actually, you know what? Should we try and offer the bosun a, a semi-reward for, like, not destroying the ship while we're in combat? Like, <laughs> he did a good thing! <laughs> it's a learned an improvement. We'll let him eat, like, the toes or something. The toes are the best part. I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to, you know, giving him something. If it will dissuade him from perhaps salivating at the sight of us, I'm I'm all for it. All right, cool. Um, so we need someone to be able to now actually, uh, you know, do the fun parts. I, I'm not exactly good at exactly fine tune movement. Like I'm good, but like not that good at it. <laughs> uh, Salem, how are your hands? As dexterous and nimble as ever. That's so it's okay. Um, all right. Jumping around a lot today. Yeah. I'm just going to kind of grab Salem and then put, put, put my hand out for the bosun. Uh, ready to make a, a quick jump down there? Yes, 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 yes. Uh, the, uh, the bosun comes forward, uh, very excited, kind of adjusts the brim of his pirate's hat, uh, and then grabs like your relatively small hand with his giant claw. Uh, and it's like kind of just awkward because basically really his thumb and index finger is all that's needed, but he tries to wrap his entire hand around your hand. Uh, and it's just too much. Uh, but you can get the ship right down. Uh, and uh, yeah, the bosun's there and excited. Perfect. Uh, I'm just going to push them off and cast Featherfall. <laughs> I only have two action. I only have two dimension doors left. Two dimension doors left. I'm technically also falling with you to be fair. So I'll dimension door up once and they'll come falling down again and I'll dimension door up the last person. <laughs> the bosun is having the time of his life flying through, falling through the air. All right. Salem uh, folds right. their arms and falls petulantly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. Don't be like that, Salem. Look, I just drove off the side of our airship and now I'm back on. And now you've pushed me off again. Uh, yeah, we had a little bit of an internet dropout there, or some weird technical issue. I think the last thing you guys heard from me was uh, pretty much just after you jumped off of the side of the ship and the the bosun was saying that he was excited to fall. Yeah, we're just doing a, the, the, the quick uh, a drop down with the feather fall. 
and then I dimensioned them, uh, dimension door them back on, and when then we get out. So we just need to uh, figure out which pieces to collect, because we have a very limited room in our bag of holding for now. Perfect. Uh, so if anybody who's down, like the ground crew, would like to uh, make a survival or investigation check, or what are you looking for specifically from this dragon? I don't know. <laughs> Lose it! <laughs> what do we want? Uh, Can make you use me the ascending stones? Yeah, you absolutely. I open. I <laughs> after I yell, I just hear you can use the sending stones, you know. Uh, <laughs> and I and here we have sending stones for a reason. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm, what do we want? I'm happy to have you screaming up at me, but my cadence is on the lower end of decibels. But that's just because I'm a born and raised librarian. Um. So. I, I don't really know exactly what the goal is, but the major organs of a dragon are probably what you're going to want to want. If you were looking for stuff to sell. Yeah, that, 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 that sounds about right. So I have to get arms deep in this thing. <laughs> I will give you an enhanced ability to help. <clears throat> right, well... Suppose, Bosun, any detritus that I leave over is yours to eat. Uh, the Bosun looks incredibly excited by this and is actively salivating. Oh, Andrew, I would also attempt to root through its stomach. Why Dragon? its stomach? Well, dragons have hordes, and a lot of times they have the tendency to digest magical and rare items because the system can handle it oh sure yeah i'll um salem do you mind uh, putting your hands deep into the stomach of the creature so not only do i have to root around inside of its guts but now you want me to reach into its stomach and i'm giving uh, you enhanced ability lizette this had better be worth it um Salem, before you reach your, your hands into the, the stomach area, make me an intelligence check, please. And if enhance ability was for intelligence, I don't know which one. I, uh, I probably chose intelligence because okay. I think Salem has better investigation. Cool. Yeah, then you have better survival. Advantage. No, I do have better investigation. Uh, okay. 17. Uh, 17. Then. 17. Uh, you probably get the sense that reaching into this thing's stomach is not going to be great. It is a black dragon. They spit acid. Uh, their their stomach acid is probably pretty strong. I'll heal you. <laughs> I have a lot of spell slots remaining. <laughs> they will have like acid sacs in their like glands in their mouth to to so that you could harvest those. Uh, and you might be able to harvest the stomach and drain it or something. But just saying, like it could be painful. I would what? offer to help, but I literally have six hit points remaining. I'm, I'm going to try and cut the stomach and let it spill on out. Um, okay. Most okay. And, I think, can uh, you make me a sleight of hand check then to avoid getting the stomach, like, acid on your hands? Sure. Do you want me to cast Enhance Ability again uh, with this time uh, Dexterity? No, that's all right. I take care of this. And I'm going to use Human Determination because I really don't want to get acid on my hands. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, we've got a 22. A 22. Excellent. With the 22, I think you're able to slice it and just let it begin pouring out on the ground. And as you watch, like the stomach acid does in, uh, like land on the sand underneath this dragon's corpse. And you watch as the sand actually begins like melting and kind of like, kind of forming a bit of a bowl, which you get, you see has a bit of like a sheen as if it's kind of forming glass because it's just so acidic. But with a 22, you're able to slice and avoid any of the acid before it slashes out at you. Are you putting a bowl in the desert, Marcus? Is that what's going on here? <laughs> I, am, I am putting a bowl. Oh, that's true. Uh, <laughs> Brennan, that's a that's something that you would have missed uh, a few weeks ago. We played a, a different game just for fun. Uh, that was like kind of a, a collaborative storytelling game. Uh, and the big part of it was a bowl in the desert we came up with. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that all makes sense to like, Shift us, I think. <laughs> yeah, we yeah I have that zero frame of reference, but it sounds fun. Yeah. I'll be honest, I was so out of it out day, that day. It also took me a second. <laughs> you were just a just a, just a little bit hungover. Just a uh, little and, bit. Anyways, um, I'm going to try and yeah, I suppose poke through the acids, looking for anything of value in the stomach before I get to the gut. Perfect. Uh, yeah, make me an investigation check, What's please. That? Is that? Did I just hear Elliot's kitty? Oh, sorry. No, I loved that. (laughs) That's about how Salem feels right now. It's all right. Is that that invisible captain I was hearing about? I haven't seen him yet. I just heard him. He's quite a menace. You might want to stay away from him. Oh? Uh, You hear, after Lisette says menace, just a very, like, contented purr. (laughs) That, That doesn't sound too bad, huh? Where is it coming from? Uh, make me a perception or investigation check, Rex. Uh, I want to do perception just because it's really bad. Oh, <laughs> look at that. 13, not bad. 13. Yeah. Um, it's coming from, like, right beside you. Oh, oh. okay. He's going to just, like, blindly sort of reach out gingerly into the air and see if he can feel something. Uh you uh after like a little bit you eventually feel a cat actually from the other side from where you heard it um you feel a cat rub up against your like your outstretched hand uh before disappearing oh, and by uh, disappearing i mean moving yeah, away yeah, it was furry oh, there is something i i thought maybe it was a jest but the invisible ship captain is real uh you watch as the uh captain's cabin door opens uh and then closes itself after a couple He's- of seconds He's not the captain of the ship. He just happens to be a captain that's on the ship. Uh, The door opens back out, like, really quickly. Uh, Lisette, can you make me a dexterity saving throw at disadvantage? You know I can't. Uh, Feeling, feeling, uh, (laughs) hold up, feeling this sort of, um, the disadvantage she would be uh, um, under the effects of, for whatever reason, Rex just going to sense that that is happening and is going to restore the balance there. You can oh, make shit. it at a straight roll. Oh, Amazing. thank you. Um, I thank you so much. That's still a two. <laughs> I was going to say, I feel like it's not going to matter. <laughs> uh, Lisette, you like see that door open. You hear like 
running footsteps of this invisible cat uh, and you try to kind of like just dodge out of the way but it is an invisible cat and it just jumps up you feel uh the weight of captain land on your chest uh it like he scratches down and then jumps off uh and you take four points of slashing damage and then the captain just meows Meow. uh and then you hear like an imperious walk back and as it's walking it like becomes visible uh, as it gets to the door looks back at you and you just see it glaring out of its one good eye uh, and then it, it like its pig leg just kind of stamps on the floor looking at you and then it turns and goes into the captain's cabin oh my god does the cat is the cat have an eye patch yeah what the cat has an eye patch a pig leg and a captain's hat are you kidding me i am oh not my god that is amazing <laughs> and it's a regular cat Totally normal. Totally normal. Okay. Regular old totally cat. Normal human cat. Yeah. Uh, All right. Ouch, sorry. Uh, Jesus fucking Christ. Oh God. Oh, what devilry is this? Feline. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> All right. So back down at the dragon's body, Salem. What'd you get? On, um, sorry, which check was it? The uh, investigation. Uh, oh, investigation. Okay. Yes. Um, to examine for like. I've still got advantage on that because it's cricket. Andrew. Um, 22. 22. Oh, shit. Okay. With a 22, you can harvest quite a few, like, kind of important things uh, from a dragon. You can harvest the horns, if you would like, on from the side of the head, which you know can be used as, like, spellcasting. Uh, components. You can harvest the eyes, actually, which are like incredibly valuable. Uh, from a black dragon with a 22, you also get the acid uh, glands from inside the mouth that allow it to produce the acid for its acid breath. Um, and as well, looking through the stomach, um, gosh, you're going to get, I mean, you find mostly the, like, you find bones and a little bit of like uh fur very clearly like a recent meal was some sort of like lamb or something um but you also find um a, a small handful of like corroded like acid pitted coins these are mostly coppers with a few silver but they're so acid pitted that they're almost worthless now um and you find a few like the old handles of like uh of a tool or something but more than that, uh, the most interesting thing you find, um, can you please roll me a d100? <laughs> 69. Nice. Oh, oh nice. 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 Uh, with, bow, 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 bow. Bow, bow. <laughs> uh, Salem, with the nice number, uh, you're, you get to pick one uh, common magic item of your choice uh, that is just found in the stomach. Amazing. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay, hang on. Yeah, one no, second. you don't have to make a choice right now. You can you can think about it and figure out what okay. you find. It's an amorphous no, magic item. It's gonna, it's gonna be a cloak of many fashions. I don't need to make a choice. It's okay. Oh, <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, my greedy, sure, but it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of this amazing thing. You like slice open. You find all these like horribly pitted metals. Uh, you find bones that are in the process of being dissolved by this incredible acid, and you find a perfectly intact cloak. Uh, that is just beautiful. Hmm. Oh. Well then. 
<laughs> Excellent. One might even say, nice. <laughs> what do you find over there? Oh, just um, just some some fashion. Don't worry about it. Oh, uh, okay. I mean, we still got some other cool stuff. It's the very epitome of fast fashion. <laughs> they, they put on the cloak and switch it between a few different uh, a few different appearances. Whoa! Yeah, that sounds badass. Or it looks actually. That looks amazing. Uh, you see the the. Uh, the bosun says this, uh, looking up from just like a pile of awful, um, just like all of the the gross intestines and everything of the dragon just dripping out of this thing's mouth. It's like got like a big long intestine that after it says that looks amazing, just like a spaghetti noodle slurps it in. Okay, remember, you you can only take what you can carry. Mm-hmm. So eat your fill and. Um, <laughs> Then, then you're done for now. Okay, uh, excellent. Um, don't overeat or you'll get sick, and I'm not cleaning it up if you get sick. <laughs> you are. I will get sick. I will not get sick. I will. If I get sick, I'm going to clean. If I get sick, I'm going to barf on the Rex guy. Don't, 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 don't. I'm do going to get sick and barf on the Rex guy. No, God, don't. Bosun, <laughs> we've talked about this. It's not hurting him. It's. It, and yeah. he's giving me the stink eye every time I'm on the ship. So, a little... Yes. 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 Mm-hmm. But... Hmm? No. Hmm. You've got a treat. Hmm. Can I earn it, or are you going to be naughty little slat? Hmm. Make me a persuasion check with advantage, please. Great. I thought I'd be uttering when I woke up today. Naughty little slat <laughs> was not one of them. Uh, 18. An 18. Absolutely. Uh... You hear him mutter, I wanted to be a naughty little snag, but I'll, I'll be good. I'll earn the treat. I'll go. And Salem's going to reach out and pat them on the head. Perfect. Excellent. Uh, you reach out, pat them on the head. Uh, as you do so, you begin to feel the sands beneath your feet rumbling and shifting ever so slightly. Um, Andrew, I don't know what the hell that is, but I really don't want to be here to find out. Yeah, it's fair. Um... Bosun, you gotta take a. You gotta just wait a few more seconds. I'll be right there, all right? And I'm gonna (laughs) grab Salem and Dimension Door out. Okay, perfect. You Dimension Door out. As you Dimension Door out, um, you get the higher vantage. You are. It is still dark, um, but you see that, like, over across, probably about, like, 180 feet away from where the dragon's carcass landed, you see a mound of sand moving as if there's some sort of giant worm coming towards the dragon. Oh body. no. Oh no. As soon as I, I land on the ship, I'm going to jump off again and I'm going to try and delay my feather fall for like, is like a uh, like hundred feet or so uh, off the ground rather than the full 500. Okay. Uh, I just need to get to the bosun as soon as I can. Shyhalud. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, Andrew, can you just make me a luck check, please? Oh no. Is that to see if I go splat? No, this is to see if you can get there before uh, whatever this is gets there. Are you kidding me? W- was it a natural one? It was! Oh, oh no. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, everybody. It's Marcus jumping in in the middle of the episode here to explain that once again we have experienced some technical 
internet connectivity issues uh, and we had the call drop a couple of times. So we're going to jump right back into the episode in just a moment. Um, I do a little recap for things that I've missed, but I apologize if there's a little bit of overlap or, you know, maybe you were expecting that natural one to do something more than it ends up doing. But all I can blame it on is the Internet crapping out and me being a forgetful person. So, um, yeah, man, easily flustered. So let's, uh, without further ado, jump back in. And just because, uh, you know, Bear's saying, everyone who's listening, you guys are awesome. one you've already committed to this jump as you are approaching that like 100 foot mark before you're gonna uh cast feather fall upon yourself you see the ground below this uh slad and the dragon's body erupt as a giant purple worm breaches the sand uh and begins well trying to eat the body of the dragon and the slad andrew you have a split second to react what would you like to do I have six hit points. Um, oh god, invisibility's touch. Uh, actually, ooh, ooh, what's the range on steel when strike? I don't know. Uh, you are still. Have you popped featherfall? This was just ha- this. Like you saw this just before you popped featherfall. Oh god, that's the case. Um, oh yeah, I, I, I'm going to actually dimension door beside the bosun. And oh shit. Uh, I've kind of committed to this, and as soon as I get the chance, I'm going to use uh, one of my 5th level spell slots to Dimension Door back. So I'm just trying to be, like, as fast-paced as possible, because I don't think I can wait to, to, like, fall that 100 feet, essentially. Okay, great. Um, So, as the Purple Worm erupts, I'm only going to give it one uh, bite attack on the bosun. I'm not going to give it its stinger attack. Um, just because it erupts and it's mostly just the bludgeoning damage of Bosun being thrown. Um, the dragon or the purple worm definitely hits the Bosun, uh, deals him 23 points of, uh, I'm going to say bludgeoning damage in this case. And I'm actually going to say it doesn't do any of the other stuff right now because this was just the purple worm exploding out of the ground and knocking the, um, the bosun to the side, basically. You dimension door directly beside the bosun, and now, just to determine if you can go again, or the worm goes again, can you just roll initiative for me, please, Andrew? I don't want to, though. <laughs> okay. Out of curiosity, how far away are the rest of us from this? 500 feet. Oh god, okay. Yeah. This is, yep. <laughs> Good luck. I got a 16. You got a 16, okay. And before the fastest purple worm in the west. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, you, the purple worm only got a 11, so that's good. And then the slad got, ooh, the slad is pretty much, like, very surprised by what's going on. The slad got only a 6. So you, like, Dimension Door, as soon as you see this thing explode out of the ground, the bosun is flying through the air. You appear 
basically right beside him. Uh, he looks at you. He's still got like a whole bunch of like ichor and dragon meat in his mouth that is just kind of hanging open right now. There's a look of sheer surprise on his face. And then you appear, the bosun says, you came back. Uh, and you uh, appear beside the bosun. You land on the ground. Um, there's like a spray of sand and it is your turn. And Dimension Door. And uh, the... I'm using my, one of my fifth level spell slots and I'm just getting us back on that ship. <laughs> you Dimension Door back up. Uh, the bosun uh, turns to you, Andrew, when you get back up and just <gasps> okay, I'm back. I thought I was I thought I was going to die and I was going to I was going to be good but I love you uh, and then he's just going to fully reach for it and give you a big old hug I fully expect that hug to deal six points of damage and I just fall unconscious <laughs> wow okay amazing you are uh, now awake with one hit point <laughs> <laughs> your name is in my book and i will not let you die <laughs> <laughs> what's going on seeing the bosun go and wrap uh andrew in this massive hug rex almost reacts as he did before you see his wrench is halfway out of his his belt holster on the side before he just realizes for a moment that it's not actually trying to eat him yeah you, I mean, Andrew, you do get absolutely covered in like black dragon guts and blood, uh, as because the bosun was just covered. Oh uh, yeah, I fully yeah. expect it. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Uh, you watch from up top as uh, even in the darkness, like there's enough moonlight, you can just see like this purple worm just kind of going back and forth uh, over top of this body, and as it does like very clearly consuming parts of the dragon. You watch as another purple worm appears and begins like tearing off bits of it. And then they kind of scrabble for dominance. Uh, there's like a bit of a wrestling match between the purple worms um, until eventually both of them kind of end up with roughly half of a dragon. Okay. That was a lot. Can you put me down now, please? <laughs> Can I just... Of course. Uh, the bosun uh, turns to... Uh, Pierre looks at Pierre in Pierre's like butler outfit and says, do you have another one of those? I think I need to be a butler now. <laughs> I need to serve. The bosun, I, you're part of the team. So we all have to look out for each other and help each other. We, we're, we're all striving to be good. It's not easy to be good, but that's what makes it even more fulfilling. I am learning so much right now. I'm not even going to be sick on Rex. I'm not even going to do it. I'm not even going to do it on purpose. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> nothing. <laughs> nothing, nothing, nothing. All right. So <laughs> uh, you guys uh, are probably in need of a bit of a long rest. How would you guys like to achieve this? Do you want to land somewhere? Do you want to like just hover the ship, keep flying? I know Lizette doesn't really need a long rest, so it's entirely up to you guys. Uh, is there the size of this ship isn't very large, right? It is pretty small. It's got one cabin, which the cat has claimed as his own. Um, and then it's everything else is uh, you sleeping on the deck. I say that we keep moving. We've already wasted enough time on the dragon and stopping at the farm. And who knows what's happening to London? I can drive through the night. Not the end of the world. 
if you don't mind flying, Lizette, then yeah, I reckon that's the best plan as well. As long as someone curtails the bosun, I'm happy to take the lead. Well, Andrew, it looks like, just like with Pierre, you've got another friend. <laughs> oh, God! <laughs> Look, I know. Fatherhood is a, is a complicated and confusing thing, especially when it's to an extra-dimensional being of pure chaos. But look, <laughs> you've been with this party for long enough now. I think you're ready for it. Wait, what? <laughs> Wait, no, Salem wasn't he? And I'm going, to, I'm going to pat Andrew on the side, on the shoulder, um, and just do like the, the sort of fake knighting thing, um, and then walk over, open the door to Captain's cabin, and uh, slip inside. Okay, perfect. Uh. <laughs> I don't know how to feel about this. I just kind of look towards like Lizette and Rex. Like, I I already have one, but I don't know if I technically need more than one. You you know, what, Rex, since you're the newest part of the party, and oh, I don't know about that. Oh, well, that's you're the not fair to Rex. Really, he just got here. I did just get here, and if that thing lays a hand on me to battle or whatever it is you're uh, implying, I might remove it. Oh, here, here, wait, I can, I think I can do this. And I'm going to cast Polymorph on the Boseman and turn him into a frog again. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> now none of us have to deal with him. Yay. Is he a frog again? Yeah, yeah he's a frog yes. again. Oh, he has to roll a, he did. a save. He did, he failed. He's a frog yeah. again. <laughs> uh, Pia, do you mind holding on to this Boseman then? Oh, uh, yes, of, of course. Um, yes, I'm, I don't mind. He, he seems much calmer than normal. I, I agree. You yeah. can maybe teach him how to bubble, I guess. Okay. I mean, I don't want to sound ungrateful, but that's, I mean, that is kind of my thing. And I kind of, I was hoping he would kind of find his own thing. Uh, but I guess, I mean, I could be the butler and he could be like a valet. Would, yeah. would that work? Okay. Let's go with, let's go with that. Let's go with that. Good. Right. Well, uh, and then he kind of pats the little frog. Well, little valet, let's um, let's go sleep in some water. Uh, and then hops into his little bucket of water. Rex will quickly uh, flash little toad the eyes again and just uh, uh, go and find a space to curl up in the corner of the deck somewhere, I think. Perfect. Uh, excellent. So you continue flying through the night and Lisette. If you are continuing to fly through the, the night, can you actually please roll me 2d8, please? 65. Six and a, or 2d8? A six and a five. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice, I rolled 65. <laughs> wow. Checks out, math checks out. All right, um, with a six and a five, um, as you're flying, you're occasionally looking out over the Dunderson Desert, and um, it is dark, and like you're not seeing a whole bunch. You can see like the old, the shapes of old, like ruined cities and villages. Um, as you're passing over one of them, you see very clearly like ethereal, spectral beings just kind of moving about um, as if they're going through kind of like their regular motions. Um, as you get the sense that there is quite literally a ghost town over which you're flying. Um, and you also see a party of 
Well, it looks like uh, people riding these like giant lizards through the desert. Very kind of like uh, Tatooine inspired. Um, like these 20 or 30 foot long giant lizards plodding over some sand dunes. And you see about five of them being ridden by uh, some people wrapped in fairly large uh, cloaks. Um, you continue flying and as you kind of get to daylight um, and your party wakes up, you see that stretching out all in front of you in all directions is a desert, sand dunes, with almost no sign of life here. It is kind of like a it is like a dune sea, for lack of a better descriptor, um, with just these incredibly like horizon-spanning uh, distances of almost nothing visible. You are now well and truly over top of the Dunderson Desert, and as you kind of realize this, you get a sense of the scope of this desert. It is vast. It is enormous. You are fairly high up, and it stretches on indefinitely. Uh, but because of that, it is actually a pretty lovely sunrise when the sun comes up. You see the sun cresting the horizon and lighting the sky in a be beautiful array of colors, and everyone has had a long rest. So, you guys... As you're flying around, you're looking for a black tower, but this black tower doesn't have a set location. It is a place that is always on the move. So I would like someone to please roll me 2d10. All right. Oh, I shouldn't have coughed before that. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize for everyone listening. <laughs> uh, six and two six and two so it is going to take you at least eight days of flying around before you find the desert before you find the tower uh, so we know that that is like kind of meta wise we know that's roughly how long it's going to take um, over this, the course of these eight days what would you guys like to be doing Ooh, that's a long time. It is. You could uh, you could obviously like fly into places and restock if you need, or if you want to just prioritize keeping going, that will also have effects. Um, you can figure out what you would like to do. Valid question. Um, I'll probably actually just kind of try and chill out with the boats a little bit, making sure he's kind of calming down. But like, I'm also going to teach him how to like highlight a little bit on the side and we're just gonna work on improving his valet skills <laughs> he finds laces incredibly hard and frustrating and uh, does not like tying shoes but on the whole he does okay at it as a butler as a valet rather that's um, pretty good yeah uh, Any anything else anybody would like to be doing um 
I think uh, Rex wouldn't mind just like going below if there is a below decks in any sense of it um, and just like taking a look at the engine or whatever it is that powers this thing because he's he's been on airships before I would say I would say his family has definitely had one but it's mm-hmm. nothing that he personally uh, has uh, experience um, working on at the very least so I'm just yeah, I think you just to take a look at it and see how it works if you can Great. Uh, make me a uh, like machine, like a vehicle check, basically, like a your tinker's tools or whatever uh, skill you would like. Yeah, I mean, would I apply the same bonuses that I do for um, for land vehicles? Or... I would say you wouldn't have expertise. No, no, but I would say that you would have proficiency. Like it's close enough. Sure. That, yeah. And what skill check is that? Intelligence. Uh, I would say that's probably intelligence in order to kind of figure out like the actual mechanism and stuff okay um let's see oh uh it's only a 13 a 13 um with a 13 it is similar for sure um but it is a different mechanism this whereas uh like the land vehicles they've kind of they've got like small crystals that are basically just imbued with kind of like storing uh the elemental energies um and then kind of siphoning them and releasing them there's something special about the uh the airship engine in that it's got several different crystals which you realize probably work in conjunction um the biggest one is very clearly harnessing energy from the like elemental plane of air and you realize that this is probably the thing that actually keeps you afloat keeps you aloft uh, and is therefore probably the the most important of the crystals but I don't think with a 13, you necessarily know the ins and outs, but you're familiar enough that you could be like, oh, okay, yeah, well, this is obviously like, this is the manifold through which like the electrical energy is flow, like is harnessed. And this is obviously a, like a gear shaft and uh, blah, blah, blah. So you can kind of, you can get the basic mechanisms, but you understand that this is probably something that you're going to need to spend a little bit more time like actually like digging your hands into and maybe taking apart to really understand it. Mm. Yes, taking it apart mid-flight, maybe not the best call. <laughs> <laughs> um, at the same time, I think, you know, Rex is just going to appreciate all the moving parts. And this is my power fantasy playing someone who knows something about cars as someone who knows absolutely jack shit about them. One hundred percent. I'm glad I pulled the term manifold. That's the only, I was like, great. I, that's right. a technical term. <laughs> All I know about manifolds is that they're on starships. And they're like fusion manifolds or something. That's, that's the extent of my manifold knowledge. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, perfect. Uh, Salem, what would you kind of get up to over the course of looking for this uh, black tower? Well, Salem is going to be um, quite quite upset about Lonlin's absence um, but shaking that off uh, trying to, to move past it uh, they'll look to spend some time with Rex <clears throat> and get to know the pardon me get to know the uh, new cr- the newest crew member aboard the ship alright yeah do you guys want to I think uh, um, uh, I, when when we aren't more or less um, just sort of like looking out over the the vast uh, sandy plains and whatnot, 
Rex would be spending probably a lot of his time just poking around the engine room, even just like you'll find him just sort of like staring at it as as he's just watching different parts moving in unison and whatnot. Um, he's not making a ton of small talk. He's just sort of keeping to himself. More or less, it seems as though just from your briefest of glances, he hasn't spent a ton of time around groups of people, it sounds like. Yeah, that's fine with Salem. Uh, they're content to sit and watch Rex at work uh, and occasionally, I, I suppose, uh, pipe up offering suggestions vis-a-vis -vis, uh, engines and vehicles. I might not be uh, much of a tinkerer or artificer myself, but uh, I do enjoy a good, good, uh, well, I suppose you'd call it rig or vehicle. Uh, yes, technical term. <laughs> that would work. It's just, it's just fascinating for me. All these, all these different parts, uh, individually useless, but when they come together as a whole, they make something marvelous, something greater than the sum of their parts, as you could say. It's, it's beautiful. Yes, yes, you know, I'd use those terms to describe people more than engines, but I suppose I can see where you're coming from with this as well. I mean, you could use that term because uh, while they are different uh, fundamentally, in other ways, they're, they're not so much when I find the same instance when you have a group of people that also come together for a collective purpose. So much more can get done than everyone trying to do it all by themselves. It's truth. It's truth indeed. <sighs> Excellent. And Lisette, what would you like to kind of get up to in, yeah, over the course of these days, not knowing how long it would take? But... I think the second that Andrew sort of takes the bosun over to the front of the ship, Lisette's like, cool, tapping out, and <laughs> just go somewhere to read the book on destroying the far gear. Great. Also uh, going to try to contact Lonlin again. Okay. Uh, you try to contact Lonlin, and again, you get that same... We're sorry. The call you dialed cannot be completed as requested. Please hang up and try your call again. Uh, you get that message anytime you try to contact Lonlin on her sending stone. Damn. But then, for the reading of the book, uh, can you just make me... Um, an intelligence check using uh, whichever skill you think makes the most sense to you. Um, would that be, what do you think, Arcana or History? Probably more Arcana. Oh, okay. So I got a three, so that's 16. <laughs> um, it's, I think there is a, a bit of Lisette that is distracted uh, by your missing companion and the fact that you can't reach them. Uh, I think that you are a natural reader. You are fantastic at like parsing information, skimming text to find relevant stuff, uh, kind of cataloging things in your mind. And... I mean, compared to most people at 16, 
is like fantastic, but you know within yourself that this is like child's play or rather this is like a child's level of comprehension for you. Um, you get some information, but it's nowhere near what you would expect. And it's just, there's something about the situation or whatever means you can't quite focus. And so I think one of the things you do pick up though, is that the idea of a far realm is in itself a flawed concept. The far realm is a term to describe basically everything outside of the observable and known planes of existence. So it's really and truly, it's not a far realm, it is the far realms of that every place from which like aberrations come or like gods are birthed or where gods die or all of these different things, they are potentially essentially their own planes of existence. But for our understanding, it is all just the far realm. It's like analogous to the ocean in that different things live at different levels of the ocean and there are different habitats within different areas of the ocean. But to most people, after the first 20 or 30 feet of depth, it's all the same. It's just the deep ocean. And I think that's the biggest kind of takeaway you find is that it is not one place. It is like a potentially infinite number of interconnected and different locations. And I think with a 16, you don't gain any more information about where specifically you need to go to try to destroy the far gear. Was that kind of just like gets up angrily thinking that she wasted her time? Okay. As you are flying, uh, the first day you're flying over the desert, you don't actually see very much of anything. Um, it is like you, you do pass these towns. There's a tremendous number of ruins very clearly showing like the signs of battle or uh, occasionally you see like what looks like melted stone or things where it looks like something has been transmuted to a different substance as you're flying over. Um, and you get the sense that like this was a, the place of greatest conflict. This was where the corruption sprang forth. And even before that, this was a desert. Um, and the reason that the necromancer had been able to come to power was because there had been so many fights and so many battles here. And so you're flying over and you can see these towns and these ruins and old buildings and edifices that have crumbled into ages past. Um, but you also do see towns and you see people moving through the deserts, uh, a lot of people on camels, or you see the occasional airship flying through the air. Um, and you come to the end of that first day and yeah, there's nothing that really kind of really spoke to you or really was like, oh my God, what an amazing sight. Um, the second day comes around, you continue flying through the night, I assume. Um, as a second day, as a second night comes around, uh, there's kind of a bit of an apprehension because the air gets significantly colder over the desert here at night. 
but you are fine. There is no more like black dragon coming out of the sky at you. It does seem like most of what you're observing on the ground is a like the most everything in the desert seems to be terrestrial because there's not a lot of like roosts for higher elevated things. Uh, but on your second day, who would like to roll me a D100? Not it. I've been rolling hot doo doo. I'll I'll try. I'll try again. Let's go. All right. I can't, get, I can't get a better number than I rolled last time. So that's true. Let's <laughs> see here. Um, sixteen. Okay, a sixteen. Oh, are you? Hold on. Sorry, my tab is just really slow. Sorry. Okay, a sixteen. Um, you look over the uh, the ship side, and there's actually like this one ruin that you're passing. Um, as you're passing it, you see that there are huge webs strung between the buildings, um, and there is like this sense of infestation over top of this uh, this ruin. Uh, and in fact, as you're looking, there's kind of this thing that just like pulls your eye and you realize what it is, is that there is not only movement amongst the webs, but you're actually seeing things appearing and disappearing. Um, as you see these like large arachnids, kind of sandy colored, they're, they would blend into the sand, except for the fact that they just suddenly disappear and suddenly appear. And the movement of that is what is catching your eye. Um, as you see a colony of phase spiders over top of this ruin, or amongst this ruin as you fly over top of it. Ugh, too many legs, too many eyes. <laughs> Perfect, uh, excellent. You uh, fly through the day, you continue working on whatever it is you're working on, reading the book or learning the engine, socializing, uh, teaching the yeah, teaching the bosun how to fly um, and as you come to the second night uh, how are people feeling two nights into the desert and not having seen a sign of the tower probably a little worried uh, Cricket probably is gonna uh, look around a little bit trying to like gauge people's expressions and whatnot, and just kind of say what are we gonna do if we can't find it? If we can't find Lonlin? This this Lonlin, I know she was the one you lost recently, right? I, I sometimes takes me a little longer to pick up on things than others, but uh, I can see that she meant a lot to you, to all of you. I I don't remember if I mentioned it before, but I I am truly sorry for for your loss of your friend. Thank you for your condolences. It's a shock, that's for sure. Out of all of us, I didn't think that she would be the one to go first, but there's casualties in this business. Wait, why are we talking like, she, like she's gone? Right, it, it sounded like she was sort of whisked away, but not, not dead. I God, I shouldn't have said it that way, but... Oh. She, we're, we're going to... We're going to save her, right? That is part of our mission as well. I mean, yes. Yeah. We're not giving up on her. 
Not for she one was, minute. She was a valuable member of your party. I, like I said, all these parts of a moving system, especially one such as the one you've talked about, when it's gone, the whole system suffers. Absolutely. Lizette dramatically clutches the sending stone. <laughs> so we shall not rest. Not while we have breath in our lungs and fire in our hearts. Sort of also looks out dramatically, maybe a bit too much so. <laughs> uh, you, uh, you hear like a little um, and you look over and Pierre has like pulled uh, the bosun down so he's whispering in the bosun's ear and a minute later uh, the bosun comes out with a glass of water and hands it to you Rex and says for the heartburn uh, he will tentatively <laughs> tentatively take the glass of water uh, inspect it for poison make me an <laughs> nature check i don't know do you have something for inspecting for poison absolutely not i mean Perfect. i make, i i can actually make um, an investigation check or an insight check you would like um i'm gonna go insight because it's lower all right nine nine uh i mean it's the bosun it's okay uh he is going to um lay on hands the uh can you do that lay on hands to cure it of poison <laughs> absolutely allow you to, to do that okay uh, he has spent five water. points from his lay on hands and and purify purify this water from what is clearly laced with heinous toxins from a creature <laughs> such as this and uh um not to drink it also <laughs> <laughs> he was just trying to help the uh looks very excited and happy to have you accept the water uh, you, he doesn't know what happened with the water, but it suddenly started glowing for a moment, uh, and the bosun was really happy, and then you don't drink it, and you watch as the bosun kind of, like, watches you expectantly for a moment, and then you watch as his shoulders slowly begin to slump, and his head kind of sags down, and you watch as his arms drop to the ground, and he just kind of... Hmm. And I stand behind the bosun and just kind of put my, my, my hands on my side and just kind of look at Rex. What? You actually... Oh. Okay, so I'm the bad guy now. I see how it is. <laughs> All right. Would this make you happy? And he goes and he starts just like staring at him at the at the bosun while like he starts drinking the water. He's like, is this what you want? Uh, Aggressively drinking water? <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, the bosun looks at you... Uh, says are you flirting with me <laughs> rex rex just sort of like taking it back chokes on the water a little bit <coughs> and ah <coughs> uh, no 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 that's that's not what this is at all let's just put all of this on the table right now you and me sorry i don't think it's gonna happen uh, yeah let's just say you're uh not my type oh good you're i mean I, I didn't want to say anything. I, I just feel like it would be a breach of our like employer-employee relationship as me as your valet to um, for you to make a, a pass that way. And I just wanted to cut things off at the head before they became awkward or had to uh, contact uh, humanoid resources. Yes, I think we should cut things off at the head, as it were. 
Uh, but you do see, like, after you drink the water, the bosun did look a lot happier. Okay. All right. Uh, the second night rolls through. Can someone please roll me a uh, D100 as the second night comes around? I'll do it. All right. 52. 52. 52 more days, and then we find Lonlin. As you are flying through the night, um, you are continuing to, like, see these desert towns, uh, these traveling parties. Um, But as you kind of are flying through, you see a little, like, it looks like a storm cloud, but it's fully on its own. It's fully isolated. Um, and you see that this like almost like solid cloud is actually just like, it looks like there are things crawling on the top of it. Um, and as you kind of get closer in this starlight, you see uh, the starlight glinting off of these insectoid bodies with like these hooked tails with a stinger on the end that are white um and you actually realize that this isn't a cloud so much as just a cluster of giant scorpions that seems to be floating through the air for some reason and they're all just kind of clambering over top of each other um and you like as you fly close enough to it to see what it is um there is like this kind of collective thing where like you know like a swarm of birds or a flock of birds uh how like a flock of starlings will move in it almost looks like one entity there's kind of this motion of the giant scorpions um as it looks like they all kind of register your presence but they don't seem to actually like fly towards you rather it's as if they're trying to avoid you and you just see this like scrittering scrabbling mass of whitish gray cloud giant scorpions just in the air above you too many legs too many eyes (laughs) what is this place (laughs) honestly i'm quite relaxed (laughs) i mean they they move so in such an orderly way though it's it's, you know it's you'd think this would be your thing ah i see what you're doing i see i see i guess well i'm not really too surprised that lizette here isn't too bothered by this but Ah, order, yes, but uh, there's just the movements. I'm saying there's such a thing as too much order. I'm just (laughs) saying that the way they skitter, uh, it's Mm. just unnerving is all. Right, right, no skittering. Understood. I'm just going to raise my hand up like I have something to say, but like I don't want to interrupt anything. Yes, Andrew? (laughs) So you know how... um, the Black Tower is supposedly all over the place. Like, it can just appear anywhere. There's no do- direct location. Um, and the individual who can, who seems to have it or is in charge of it, is a little insane, but also very talented at magic. Would it not make sense that they hide the movement of the tower in a weird thing, potentially like this? Like, how is this thing flying? What is in the center? Feel free to make an arcana check. Not it. 
<laughs> I'll do it. <laughs> like, it's just a theory. A scorpion theory, but it, it's something. I mean, you do actually have a very good point, Cricket. It could be anything. I'm surprised I didn't pick them up on that earlier. Oh god, I'm rolling awfully. Um, That's a 22. <laughs> 22. Awful. Awful. For me. Uh, yeah. Well, first of all, the first thing you know, there's a lot of things uh, that can fly kind of just through magic. Uh, so that's like point number one. Point number two, Dunnerson Desert, like part of the reason the corruption came through was because there was like all of this escalation of magic to the point where there was like these pockets of like chaotic, wild, like uncontrollable magic that just kind of formed. I think as you're watching and looking at this, you get the sense that um, it is entirely possible that this is just some weird thing that the like the scorpion mass was like maybe grew to a giant size and lifted into the air or whatever. It's also possible that they are all swarming over a like a with a twenty two. You also, I think, I'm going to give you. You know as well that um, the way scorpions. Uh, carry their young is they carry their young on their back so it's entirely possible that this is essentially a one one giant uh like flying scorpion with a whole bunch of young on its back Aww. um and then the other thing is that if you wanted to determine what exactly is causing this thing to fly you would have to get closer um, but with the 22, I would allow you to negate the disadvantage of uh, being in the dark for nighttime. What do you think that we should do? I mean, we could go up and investigate at risk of being covered in scorpion. I, uh, I vote we maybe steer clear of it. That's just uh, my preference. Well, what kind of lead are else are we going to get, though? I, I I know we've only been out for two days, and we don't want to start anything crazy, but we, we fought a black dragon. I think we can take a few scorpions. Let me be clear. It is, like, hundreds of scorpions. Never mind. <laughs> also, this, uh, this sort of um, herd of scorpions, or, what, or what, whatever the plural form of uh, that is, cluster? <laughs> Ugh, I don't like that. Um... Is it just floating in the air? It's not like coming off of the ground, right? No, yeah. It, it looked like a cloud from far away because right. of their coloration and the fact that because of the shape, it's kind of like amorphous and bulbous. I have a question. Mm -hmm. um, would a, a cloud of scorpions be considered a solid object? Uh, I'm going to tell you, it might. It's probably not. If it would be considered a solid object, it's like you know, 60 to 80 feet in any dimension, pretty much. Okay. Um, and how far away is it from us? I mean, how, let's, in order to get, like, a, a read on what exactly was going on, you were probably, I don't know, let's say 200 feet, but you could be as far, you could be, like, uh, up to 100 feet closer or farther, I think. Okay. Because I have ghostly gaze. So I could see through it if we get close enough. Oh, shit. If it is considered a solid object. Ooh. I mean, 
I, Each of them is a solid object, so I looking mean, through a bunch of solid objects. By game rules, technically they're creatures, but I do love the idea of this. Uh, what is your range on Ghostly Gaze? 30 feet, so we gotta get <laughs> real close to it. <laughs> you gotta get real close. Uh, it is, I'm gonna say, for the purposes of this, I would absolutely allow you to be able to use your Ghostly Gaze to see like what's at the center of this cluster. But that does put you 30 feet away from a mass of flying giant scorpions. Okay, wait. I think I have like a 2000 IQ play. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to cast polymorph on myself and turn myself into an eagle, fly up, unpolymorph, and then fall. Oh, shit. I don't think I can use ghostly gaze if I'm an eagle. No, I, I definitely don't think you can. You're not a druid, but uh, yeah. Oh my god. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> just regular eagle or or giant eagle? Uh, I'm gonna say giant eagle, but because it's Lizette, it looks wrong. <laughs> <laughs> In what way does this giant eagle look wrong? Um, my, I was about to say wrong. Just again, <laughs> sort of. In the same way that sometimes you see ravens that just look like they've been through it. (laughs) Like there's patches of feathers missing. It looks like it's been in a couple fights. I think that her like the like ghostly eye skin combination that she has going on kind of transfers to it a little bit. Like if you were going to put a Lizette skin on an eagle in a video game. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah, it's like it's a bald eagle in that the the head just doesn't have feathers uh it just got like a whole bunch of like it's like almost like a turkey vulture kind of head but it's like this pale like oh, fleshy tone and like the eyes have like these veins like flying out from them oh like a baby pigeon have you guys ever seen baby pigeons they're fucked up oh, God. <laughs> i absolutely believe you all right so the plan is to oh! <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? That's why well, I've never seen baby to. pigeons. Well, now I have to look it up. Oh, I I feel like I, as surveillance drones for the government, I don't know if I've ever seen a baby pigeon before. <laughs> they actually exist. I think it's because because they're not cute. They're daint like people like people would oh, kill God. them. That's why young things are cute so that they have like a protection. But baby pigeons are awful to look at, and I love them. <laughs> <laughs> so i don't know why but if you look it up like the third result kind of looks like boris johnson the third result i'm mean, just looking it into discord right now okay but like it's just like the hair at the top of like a baby pigeon he just looks so afraid <laughs> you're right <laughs> that's boris johnson's too pale on a pigeon <laughs> Oh, oh god. god! I don't think he has a toupee, but it's still, it's just... also the, the pigeons do work for the government. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. So the play here, Lisa, just so I understand, you're going to fly up. Um, are you going to be directly above it, or you want to fall down so that you're like thirty feet away from it, kind of thing, and falling past it? Uh, fall like past it, so that I've got about like a few seconds. Can I? Oh, can I do can a... Th- can, oh, yeah, no, go ahead. Go first. I was going to say, can I be on top of you so when we're falling and we get too close to it, I can just dimension Doris back? Oh, yeah. 
I forgot you had Dimension Door. <laughs> Are you going to be getting in the mix of this? Can I at least make sure that you don't die? Yes. Okay. Yes, please. I'm going to at least try to help you in a small way. I'm not going near that thing. So that's it. Whatever happens next is on you. But until that point, <laughs> I'm going to, uh, I'm going to, uh, let's see here. I'll just, uh, I'm going to twin cast Shield of Faith on the two of you. Oh, thank you. And and I'll give you a third level aid. How's that sound? Oh yeah, uh, please. So you, you each get, yes, you do. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's ten uh, extra hit points to you, Lizette, and uh, I guess I'll I'll give it to I don't know Salem. Sure. Woo. <laughs> Just in case. All right. I, mean, I suddenly feel invigorated. It's it's like. Uh... My life, a quarter more has been added. <laughs> Are you serious? It's very fucking nearly. Oh my god. Uh, Rex just like, I'm still sub 40 hit points. Oh, Rex just hears that. That's that's so sad. <laughs> well, I've always been a bit uh, sickly. You should get them to tell you about the uh, trip to <sighs> fucking Arctic. I did oh. not enjoy that. Lizette oh, as the eagle life. nods. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, uh, uh, speaking of uh, eagle Lizette, do you want either intelligence upgrade or wisdom upgrade? Which hand? Left hand is intelligence, right hand is wisdom. Ah! <laughs> what sound does an eagle make? <laughs> I mean, that's a lot closer than anything you hear uh, on like, you know, those US like Oh, it's an eagle, and then an eagle's cry. That they actually use an osprey. They use oh. a hawk. Oh, because an eagle's cry is more like, but I can't do it. It's I a lot they higher. Like a red-tailed hawk or something like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because it yeah. sounds majestic, whereas the eagle actually just sounds kind of eagles like are, eagles are awful. <laughs> they 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 like they'll fight literally everything. They sound terrible. They're huge predators and pests in a lot of places in America, but you can't hunt and kill them. So they'll like. Farmers have gone to insane lengths to like keep eagles out of their fields, like putting up a netting over like entire fields. Wow. Yeah, it's I used to hide my dogs wild. from eagles because they were so small. Yep. Yeah. Oh, it's true. Um, as uh, as Rex casts Shield of Faith on 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 the two of you, uh, you watch as a bunch of like small like metal, copper, gold, brass, bra uh, uh, brass and bronze pieces, sort of like transformer all over you, just in a slight. Uh, <laughs> Slight uh, pattern, giving you a little bit of sort of like a chainmail of sorts. Yo, cool. all right, this is kind of cool. I, I, I like this. Um, <laughs> I'm just gonna give Lizette wisdom. So there we go. Oh, hey, nice. Oh wow. Yeah. Who who was that? Ah, uh, me. <laughs> <laughs> it's that a YouTube amazing. video. I did not make that noise with my mouth. <laughs> I was I was wondering for half a second. Uh Lizette wait, sorry, the left wing was intelligence. G left hand is intelligence, right hand is wisdom. We're gonna say that, yeah. Okay. Um cool. Let's do left wing. Cause I officially have the intelligence of an eagle. <laughs> Alright. I guess we're going with that then. Have fun. <laughs> All right. So uh, you you two fly off. 
um, you fly close to this thing and then you drop polymorph? Or... Yeah, whenever I'm within like 30 feet, I'll drop polymorph. Okay, perfect. You fly close. As you get close, you see that all of these scorpions uh, very clearly respond to the uh, giant bird that is coming towards them. Um, and as you get to about like 40 feet to, the, to this thing, you see that a bunch of these giant scorpions begin flying up uh, towards you and like coming towards you at, and looks like they're kind of like snapping their claws in anticipation as if maybe they are looking for a meal. Um, but you like snap out of polymorph, you fall down, you, I guess, use I'm your- I'm on top of uh, Lizette, just as a heads up. I don't know if we discussed that. Yes. I'm on top just so I can- oh, yeah, uh... piggyback riding. Oh yeah, yeah. for sure. Uh, when you uh, de-polymorph, is Andrew still like on top of you? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like a backpack. <laughs> uh, you fall through. You begin like passing past. Can you guys each make me please a luck check? Oh, okay, that's uh, an eight. Do I add my deck of all trades? Sure. D Why nice. Not? Ten. <laughs> that's a natural twenty. <laughs> oh my god. Oh. Okay. With I'm one... just gonna drape my arm around Rex's shoulder and go. You know, it's. So graceless, but somehow still one of the most majestic things I've ever, I've ever seen. That's that's not how I describe it. I, what are they doing? <laughs> uh, you actually get this beautiful cinematic shot of this eagle flying towards these scorpions, beginning to kind of move towards the eagle. Eagle drops form into your companion Lizette. Uh, Lizette, you are flying. You're falling through the air. Um, Cricket is, or Andrew is on your back. Um, as you begin falling through, some of these scorpions like lunge towards you, uh, but because you were just a big eagle, they, they very clearly miss you. Uh, it looks like they're about to go for Andrew. You look like four of them kind of converging upon Andrew and you like tapping into this giant eagle awareness that you just had you effortlessly like spin your body around um and with that natural 20 you are like a ballet dancer just moving through these scorpions as you're falling down you're kind of like like almost like flying you're just moving so effortlessly through and with that natural 20 you are safeguarding andrew uh from all of these scorpions all of the scorpions that were coming close to get him like they just snap over top they miss him their stingers flash, uh, but sting into other scorpions. And uh, there's just this like beautiful balletic moment as you're falling through the air. Time slows and you look towards the center of this mass of scorpions. And you see at the center, there is in fact just one giant scorpion which as you kind of tumble past, it begins turning its body towards you. And from the ship, you can see like a section of this cloud form kind of uh, lengthening outwards, curving up as if it's like a scorpion's tail. Um, and Lisette and Andrew, you fall past. With that natural 20, you don't take any attacks, but you get this perfect sense of this giant cloud scorpion, like, gargantuan like 60 feet across swarmed by all of its young babies 
uh, and you fall past and uh, come out like below all of the scorpions. And what would you guys like to do? Dimension door back? Yeah, perfect. All right, you dimension door back. And now that this kind of like mother scorpion is kind of aware, you see it beginning to fly towards your ship. Uh, you dimension door back. You are far enough away. Um, actually, can someone else uh, on the ship just give me a piloting check? The bosun. All right. <laughs> the bosun. I, you, I'm not on the ship. I can't confirm. <laughs> <laughs> With Salem supervision. Okay. Uh, yeah. Let's say the bosun... With Salem supervision is gonna roll an intelligence check. Okay, not bad. He rolled a 14. He has minus two, but that's still a 12. Uh with the 12, uh the bosun um is a lot calmer than he has been and begins uh like almost as if he's about to try to do another barrel roll, but then you see him like breathe in, look over at Pierre who gives him a nod. Uh, the bosun kind of like adjusts his bow tie and then the bosun just like turns the wheel slightly. So that... Wait, he's got a bow tie? Oh yeah, he got a bow tie now. Nice. <laughs> he's a valet. He got a bow tie. Pierre That's found valid. a way. That's valid. Yeah. Um, he doesn't have like a, a morning coat or like a shirt or anything. He's still just a big giant naked toad, but he's got a uh, bow tie now. Uh, <laughs> And he's actually taken off his captain or his like tricorn hat. Uh, and he's, so he's just rocking the bow tie. Uh, but he kind of masters himself and then turns the ship and begins flying away from this giant scorpion. Uh, your ship does actually fly faster than this giant scorpion. So because the bosun was able to turn and didn't try to do anything silly, uh, you guys, after about like three minutes, you feel you are uh, very clearly safely away from this scorpion in fact you watch as it kind of slows down and loses interest um and you continue flying on past this uh gross mess of uh cloud scorpions as the night progresses um about like an hour later after seeing this scorpion most of you are uh, lying down for bed. I'm assuming Lisette is continuing to fly the ship overnight. You know it. All right. Uh, would anybody be up kind of like looking out at all? I think Rex has noticed that Lisette, he hasn't actually seen her sleep once this entire thing. And it's, <laughs> he's like, um, Lisette, are you, are you doing all right? Do you need to maybe take a break? I haven't seen you rest once. Oh, um, thank you for your consideration, Rex. It's much appreciated. I, I'm all right, though. It's, I just have to, at some point, read a couple chapters of my book, and I should be all right. right. Don't read too much, though. I hear that's bad for your eyes, though. I, oh, sorry, I guess that's is that insensitive since it's already <laughs> happened. I don't know. Oh, um, no, no, no. You're all right. My eyes actually function very, very well. It's just they look uh, bad. That's all right. Uh, my eyes weren't always this color a couple years ago either. So it's I understand, though it's not quite as drastic, I suppose. Do you mind uh, my asking what you mean by that? 
Ah, right. Um, you see his, his pupils are sort of like a glittering golden hue, sort of like the color of like a molten gold, more or less. Um, uh, yes, uh, you would, it, it's fairly standard among other dragonborn, but I was actually, I was born with, with green eyes. Uh, I had a few, um, underwent a few changes, more or less, uh, a couple of years ago, and so parts of me are, are different, and he actually... Um, he sort of taps his arm, and you can actually hear a ringing of metal. Oh, well, quite impressive. Hopefully it wasn't done to you adverse way. Ah, uh, suppose, uh, more of a chaotic way, you could say. Um, but, uh, I wouldn't say I'm any lesser for it. And it's uh, given me a good perspective on the world, at least. Well, we have that in common, then. I'm all right, though. Thank you for checking in on me. Of course. Just before you kind of turn in, Rex, the two of you being up and chatting, you're the first people to notice this, but as you kind of continue flying, you see on the horizon in front of you uh, searchlights uh, flying, like shining up into the sky. Uh, They're like moving around. there are searchlights, there's like all of these patterns, and as you get closer, you see a like neon bright sign, um, very clearly written using like the skyrite spell, but it's like sparkly gold and like purple and pink and like all of these neon colors, and it's got the depiction of two palm trees in a corner, um, and then like a little lake on the other side, and in between, you see the words, the overnight oasis sprawled across and as you come up closer you see that there is a bustling and like bumping nightclub here in the middle of the desert it is surrounded by well it's not surrounded it is an oasis uh it is surrounded by desert but this nightclub takes up the entire oasis there are flashing lights there is bumping jazz music you see those spotlights swirling through the air and outside of the oasis Uh, parked around the outside, you see a whole bunch of uh, different vehicles and mounts uh, out there. You see some uh, elemental motor coaches, uh, but they're like dune buggy styles. Like they've been adapted for going on the harsh sand dunes. Uh, So there's like these roll cages. Uh, They look fairly rough. They've got like big, uh, like, exhaust pipes which are kind of useless on elemental coaches but you see that they are pretty much just for show so that they can like flash fire or lightning out of the back of them to look cool uh you see like a cadre of elemental motorcycles which again seem like like a little bit partier like adapted for the sand dunes you see some giant lizards um you see like three wyverns uh just uh, tied up to like some posts on the ground, uh, a whole bunch of camels. You see some like fire beetles parked off in one area. Um, you see uh, what are clearly they look like uh, wind surfers, like they're like uh, surfboards with like a sail on them. Um, which and you see like a tiny little elemental engine over top of them, uh, and you get the sense that these are like sand surfing machines um you see a literally a tamed purple worm just kind of coiled in a big coil and sleeping but it's got a saddle on its back um 
and you also see just a pile of uh, bones, which are very clearly like elephant bones. Um, and you see, like, as you approach, you hear this music bumping, like this jazz beat. Um, and you see, like, the most happening spot in the Dunstan Desert, the Overnight Oasis. Uh, and uh, as this, like, huge bumping night spot comes into view, uh, you see that there are a whole bunch of people milling about outside. There's people dancing inside. There's like all these buildings that are full with flashing lights. Uh, and you see a couple of uh, skeletons waving like these glowing sticks that kind of are looking at your ship and flagging you down and gesturing to a parking spot if you would like to park. What do you guys do as you see the overnight oasis? Salem, Andrew? I, I I think what? that I think that uh, it sounds like this is probably I don't think Marcus put a lot of work into this. We should probably just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> We're on a mission, guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think we got a mission. I I don't know. I think we yeah, just skip this. <laughs> I mean, go. You know, for purple it. worms. <laughs> if it was a if it was a green worm, maybe. <laughs> we absolutely need to go here. <laughs> Excellent. Asylum um, is groggily. Uh, wait, um, how did I sleep in Captain's cabin? Oh, uh, make me an animal handling check, please, with advantage because you've done pretty well with Captain. Nice. Can I spend my inspiration? <laughs> 18. 18. Uh, I think the reason you had to spend the inspiration, Captain was not happy the first night, um, was pretty annoyed, but then eventually kind of calmed down after about like three hours of fairly consistent like as soon as you would fall asleep captain would do that cat thing of like uh standing on your face basically so you would wake up uh, and then captain would move off you would eventually settle down and then captain would come back and do that again but after a little bit you kind of were able to calm down captain enough that uh like he allowed you uh to graciously share his bed and you ended up getting good night's sleep excellent excellent uh, so, uh, you begin landing the ship down. Uh, these two skeletons wave you in. All right, all right, come on in, come on in. You're just in time. The Overnight Oasis is just open for the evening. Make sure you're uh, gone by daylight because the Overnight Oasis is an overnight oasis only. All right, you're welcome to the Overnight Oasis when you get here. Remember, there's only three rules at the Overnight Oasis. One, tip your waiters. Two, don't kill your waiters. And three, if you're gonna kill each other, do so outside, please. The sand's a lot easier to sweep up than the uh, the inside. All right, welcome to the Overnight Oasis. I hope you have a great time. And just for your first time here, because I've never seen you before, here you go. Uh, and they flick you each like a betting chip, like a little poker chip. Try your hand at the tables. Have fun. And that is where we will pick up next week. Oh God. <laughs> Who's feeling lucky? <laughs> Tune in next time for another exciting adventure in the Dirty Twenties. What strange creatures and foul monstrosities will our heroes discover as they continue their travels through the Dunderston Desert? Why can't they reach Lonlin on the Sending Stones? And 
Just how crazy will our heroes become when given a chance to gamble? Tune in to find out! In the meantime, you can contact us via email at dirty20spodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe on whichever podcasting app you use. My name is Marcus Stusick. My players were Craig Chapman, Richard Chapman, Brennan Harder, and Elliot White. Until next time, friends, stay safe, stay kind, and don't take any wooden nickels. We've lost Marcus. Oh, no. It seems like uh, seems like our storyteller has disappeared. I suppose that means that we're telling the story now. Oh, oh no, he's back. back. Oh, oh, hello, Marcus. We just oh. gained sentience for a quick bit, uh, and we. we I, I think we're here. I think Are there's you... some walls. I can see some walls. Should we try and break them? Uh, what about the fourth <laughs> wall over there? Ah, oh, it looks yeah, fragile it's, enough. It's directly in front of us. <laughs> mm. We're the captain now. Oh, don't say that. That the captain, the actual <laughs> captain, will get very upset.